Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. All right, so let's go. Let's start with prayer right now. Lord God, we thank you for this time to be together. We ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to every single one of us, Lord. I know that your word is alive and it's active and it changes us. So please come and change us, transform us, and speak to us. Lord, we need you and it is all about you. So I pray that you would be lifted high and that we would draw closer to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So a while ago, I had a chance to hike a couple uh, more 14ers this summer, and I got uh, Castle and Conundrum done. And so I've got a picture, I think, of, uh, that's Castle. And so um, what you do is if you kind of look over on the left side, you, you come up on that ridge, and then you get up to the top, and then you come back down, and then you hike back up over Conundrum, and we're standing pretty close to the top of Conundrum there, and then you have to hike back down, you have to go back over Castle, and you have to come back down again. And so for me, that was some work. I mean, I was, I was tired at the end of that one. And um, there's this uh, snow field, and you can see there's a lot of snow there right now, but this is about 250-yard snow field, and I knew it was coming, and I knew we were going to have to hike through it. And I have to tell you, I was dreading it, because I just knew it was kind of getting soft and soppy, and I was just going to post hole through that thing, and I was going to fall, and it was going to take forever to get through that thing. And I was uh, going with uh, John, who is... Um, He's just different than me. Like, uh, for example, he has like dreads all over his head and like, I don't, right? You know, that's a one difference. And then he is, um, he's just like, a, he's a free spirit and I'm like emotionally constipated. And so it was just like, we're just different types of people. And so we're, we're getting to this thing and I have all this dread and he's just, he gets to the, that little chute there and he sits down and just goes, and just butt slides down that thing. And I was like, huh. And so I did it. I just sat down. And, and so we ran into another little snowfield. Here's what it looks like. This is just a shorter one. I thought, well, I got to get this on. Uh, uh, this is maybe a third or a fourth of the size of the other one. But you just kind of go there. I learned later you're supposed to cross your legs when you do that, just so you know. Don't do it like that. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that, that's kind of what it looks like. And so it was, um, it, it was amazing to me. And I was talking to John, actually, during the hike. I said, isn't it amazing how God sometimes takes these things that we dread and he turns it into delight, right? And, and so, like, right now, many of you, um, you have a sense of dread about the future. And you're worried about what's going to happen, and there's this idea that things are just going to kind of fall apart and things aren't going to go well and you're dreading it. But Lord, I want to tell you that God is going to take your future and he's going to bring delight there. I mean, that's just what he does. And, and yeah, I think about all these times where like I have this appointment on the calendar and I'm like, oh boy, I just don't want that one. And I'm dreading it. And then something happens. Like God comes in the middle of the appointment and the thing that I was dreading becomes awesome. It's like, wow, look what God did in this thing that I was dreading. There's been times where like, I, I have to teach a class or you know, I'm going to go help in children's ministry. And has it ever happened to you where you're just like, oh, no, I just don't feel like it today. I just don't want to. And then you get there and God moves or something happens. And the thing that you dread becomes your delight. Now, I'm talking uh, this weekend about blessing. 
And I don't know if I've ever preached on blessing before, but you know what, Christians? I, I don't think we're very good at blessing. I think this is actually something we need to get proficient at. We need to get better at blessing because there's two ditches that most Christians fall into. They're just dangers for, 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 both, for all of us. And, and the first one, now I'm gonna use this word and it's a loaded term and I don't know if it's what you think it is. I'll explain it in just a little bit. And so maybe this is the wrong term. But one ditch over here is what many people, what I would call prosperity gospel. And I think that's a ditch that we have to be careful of. And just hang with me, I'll help you understand what I mean there. But then on the other side, this other ditch that many of us fall into would be what I would call the poverty mindset. I think both of those things are places where we don't wanna go. So so let me talk a little bit about this one, what I'm calling prosperity gospel. And, And what I mean here, this is just kind of the main definition of it, is when you are seeking the blessing instead of the blesser. That's a ditch, that's a problem. It's kind of like, a, I'll call it the Christmas conundrum. And so it's the, the problem that we have with our kids. If you have little, ki- little kids at Christmas, right? What do we tell our kids? We want our kids. What is Christmas all about? Jesus, right? But what are they thinking about? Presents. And we put all these presents underneath the tree and we want them, don't think about those, think about Jesus. And here they are waiting for you, Right? And it's the same thing for you and I because see, God gives us all these blessings and his amazing creation and just so much beauty. And it's all about the blesser, but we just kind of get focused on the blessing. And we look at God like he's the great lottery commissioner or he's the great you know, Santa Claus. Just give me stuff, Lord. I want your stuff. I want your power. I want this. I want that. And there's so much amazing blessing, but we have to go after the creator, not the creation, right? So, so that's part of the problem over here. Another part with what I'm calling prosperity gospel would be this idea of seeking the lesser blessing. That we go after those things, and, the, and the, listen, there are money, for example, is a blessing, but it's a lesser blessing. You know, what does Matthew tell us? Uh, Matthew 5 3. Blessed are the rich, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, right? Wrong. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's a blessing, but it's a secondary blessing. Let's, uh, we'll look to Abraham and we'll think about Job for a minute. Two men who were just absolutely blessed, all sorts of wealth. They had, they had so many finances, but they had a greater blessing. So, I mean, that really isn't what it was about. In fact, if you look at Genesis 25.8 and you look at the end of his life, and I love how the NASB, the New American Standard Bible puts it. Look at this. It says, Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age. And check out this blessing. An old man and satisfied with life. Doesn't that sound like a good blessing? It doesn't say an old man rich had all sorts of stuff. It says, no, no, he was satisfied with life. I would like to have a blessing like that. And then he was gathered to his people. We see that Job at the end of his life, he was blessed for the fourth generation. He was able to see the fourth generation. What a blessing. And both of them saw the faithfulness of God's promises. And that was the real blessing that came. It wasn't wealth, that was secondary. And so here's some clues that you might be falling in this ditch, falling into what what I'm calling prosperity gospel. And and it's this simply that we're focused more on what we can get from God than how we can serve God. What can he give me more than how can I please him? If that's how you're thinking, I mean, just be honest with yourself. If that's where you are, you might be over in this ditch a little bit. Or if you're looking for formulas and methods to get what you want from him instead of seeking what he wants for you, right? If I pray this way, 
then he'll heal. If I do this thing, then he'll come through. If I give this, then I'm gonna get this. And it's this idea, you know, if we pull these toggles and we do it just right, then God will shower what we're asking for and hoping for. When instead, we come to him as his children and say, Lord, what do you want? Do you wanna heal? Do you wanna give this? What are you doing? And I just wanna ride the wave of what you're doing and come into what you wanna give. So, so that's some of the problems I see over here with the prosperity gospel. But then let's talk a little bit about this one, the poverty mindset. I think it has problems that are just as bad, if not worse. And so let's look at Proverbs 30 for just a second here. 30, 21. And it tells us, Augur tells us here, under three things, the earth trembles. And we're only gonna look at one. Under four, it cannot bear up. We're just gonna look at this first one. A servant who becomes king. Now, why is that such a big deal? Why can't the earth handle a servant who becomes king? Why is it so hard for us when someone who has a servant-slave mentality gets into power? Because here you are set up as king, and in that position, you're meant to give, you're meant to empower, you're meant to lift other people up. But if you have a slave mentality, what do you need to do? You need to get, you need to protect, you need to hold on. Anybody ever have a boss, ever work for a leader, and it's all about them? Isn't that horrible? It's hard to stand underneath it, huh? And isn't it so much better when God puts you in those places that you don't have that poverty mentality of, oh, I gotta hold, I gotta hold, I gotta give. Instead, I wanna give, I wanna empower, I wanna release you. Ever work for a boss like that? Isn't that so much better? Trying to lift you up? And see, we're meant to give, we're meant to lead, we're meant to pour out. But you're just trying to survive, you're trying to get. And see, many of us right now have a poverty mindset. We, we, we are expecting, we're waiting for lack. We're waiting to not have enough. Holding on, protecting, and hoarding, and it's the exact opposite of what God has us do. In fact, if you're living in lack right now, if that's your mindset, you know one of the most powerful things you can do is give. I don't have enough time. Give some of it away. Serve someone else. I don't have enough resources. Share some resources with other people. I mean, God has us actually walk in the opposite of that. The poverty holds it and holds it, and the harder we hold, the less we have. And we sit there and we live in lack. And you think things like, their blessing is my loss. See, there's many of us here, business owners, and when that competitive business gets a client, you think, I've lost. Pastors are the worst at this. Like, well, if they're not at my church, if they're at their church, they're not at my church. Like, there's not enough people to go around, right? You know, right now in Montrose, I think about uh, six or 7,000 people are at church on any given weekend, which means there's about 13 or 14,000 people who are not in church. So when a new church planner comes to town, I tell them, we need you here. We've got a big job and we're not getting it done. And so as soon as all 20,000 people as soon as all 20,000 of us are going to church every weekend, I'll tell the next, next church planner, go on down to Ridgeway, just go on down the road. But right now, there's plenty to go around, right? God, God's not, you see, we get this idea that, well, if you give it to them, then it's taken from me. Or, you know, you gotta take it from me and give it to them. God has plenty of resources. 
God has plenty of mercy. God has plenty of grace. He has more than enough. And this poverty mindset says, well, if they have it, then I, then I don't get it. And we're envious or we're ripped off when other people are blessed. See, and to come out of that is to say, man, you got a Tesla and I'm glad. I'm never gonna have one. You got one. <laughs> Hooray, right? We gotta get proficient at blessing. We gotta stay out of the poverty mindset. We gotta stay out of the prosperity gospel. And we need to start living like sons and daughters of the Most High King who owns it all and who has everything that you need and who has more than enough and he can take care of you. Christians, we gotta get better at blessing. So I'm gonna take us to number six. And it's actually many theologians, and I agree with them, think that this is the Old Testament version of the Lord's Prayer. And um, so I just wanted to remind you of the Lord's Prayer. So remember, uh, the disciples, they come to Jesus and they say, teach us to pray. And Jesus says, this is how you should pray. And I think it would be good for us just to pray the Lord's Prayer right now. So let's do it, to remind us of what it is and to pray it. So let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever, amen. So I wanted to show you now what I think is the Old Testament version of this, and we'll see why in number six, verse 22. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, so that's the priests, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. So what we have here is God saying, just like Jesus did, this is how you pray. Every time that the Israelites get together, this is how I want you to pray over them. This is what I want you to speak. And we actually, as we look at this, it's so amazing. As you look at this passage here, and they prayed this over and over and over. When they all, I mean, much like we do with the Lord's Prayer, they prayed this over the assembly and over the people. And every time we look at this, what we see is what God wants. What does God want for you? What does God want for his people? Well, let's see what it is. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they'll put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Now I wanna just kinda of take this just verse by verse. I wanna look into now what is God saying and what does God want for you? In the verse 24, the Lord bless you. Now I know it almost seems like weird to say it, but listen, God wants to bless you. And there's many of us who feel like, well, well God wants difficulty and he just wants me to trudge through. And, and you know what? Sometimes he allows us to go through difficulty and, and sometimes he builds character. But you know what character is? It's a blessing. He transforms us and changes us and works things out of it. And you know what that is? That's a blessing. We've just done blessings so badly here. And the thing is, is you don't have to beg for it and you don't have to work for it. You know, some of you are like, oh, God just, if I could just do this, then God could bless me. He wants to give it to you. He's eager to shower blessing on you. I mean, that's what he says right here. Pray this. The Lord bless you. The Lord wants to bless you. In the Old Testament, really the word there, the, the Hebrew there, it, it means to have divine favor. He wants to favor you. And I studied a little bit of blessing there, looked in the Old Testament, and most often blessing actually comes out with family, and it comes out with fruitfulness. 
And see, God wants you to be fruitful. He wants the things that you put your hands on to do well, to go well, to advance his kingdom, for you to have divine favor and efficacy as you go forward. And so there's some Old Testament blessings, but I want just to quickly look at some New Testament blessings to look at the Beatitudes, the blessings in Matthew 5. And here's some other blessings, just so you're aware that God wants to pour out on your life. So he wants to give you the kingdom of heaven. Now the kingdom of heaven is God's power, his work, his rule, here on earth in your life like it is in heaven. And so the, the prayer for me then is, well, Lord, give me, let me be poor in spirit. Let me understand that I need you and that I need your power so I can see your power because I want to be blessed with the kingdom of heaven. He wants to comfort those who are mourning. He wants to give you comfort in your difficulties. He wants us to inherit the earth. So then the prayer is, Lord, make me meek so I can see you come through, so I can see your power here on earth. He wants to fill you with righteousness. And I'll tell you what, I really, I want righteousness. I see what sin does. I know what, what my sin, how it just breaks things and how it breaks me. And so I'm hungry. I'm hungry for righteousness. And God is hungry to give it to me. He wants you to receive mercy. Isn't it beautiful that our God wants to give you mercy? You know, we come before him and we're always thinking like, oh, if I could just get God to be happy with me, to forgive me, I know God's probably so ashamed with me. And he's like, oh, I just want to forgive you. I want to pour mercy out on you. Bring, be merciful towards others. I need that slide back up so I can uh, finish the uh, other ones. Thank you. He wants us to see God. So Lord, make my heart pure. You see, because when I have wickedness in my eyes and my, and my eyes are covered with just the sin, I can't see God anywhere. I just don't even recognize him. So Lord, remove that stuff. Make my heart pure so I can see you. I want to be called a son. I want to be a daughter of God. Lord, let me be a peacemaker so I can see these things come in my life. You know, one of the blessings that I, one of the main things I really want from God, actually, this is what I want. If it's true, I want it to be written on, on my tombstone. And it actually came to Enoch, and we see it in Genesis 5, 24. And it says, and Enoch walked faithfully with his God. That would be such a blessing, is at the end of my life, if we can put on, Carl walked faithfully with his God. I just want to be faithful. I want to keep going. Lord, what a blessing that would be. And here's the thing. God wants that for me. God wants that for you. He wants you to have this walk. I mean, he's eager to bless you. And it's okay, it is okay to come before God and say, Lord, I do want these blessings that you have for me. I mean, Jacob, in fact, he didn't just come before, but he wrestled with God and he wouldn't let go. He's like, I'm not gonna let go of you until you bless me. But here's the thing is we have to discern, okay, well, what is the blessing that you really want? What do you really want God to give? And I don't know exactly what Jacob was asking for, but God said, okay, I'll bless you and you're gonna be a father of nations and there's a call and there's power that I'm gonna put on your life. And he had something greater than Jacob could have ever thought for himself. And I'm the same way, oh Lord, whatever you wanna give for your glory. Bless me in that, Lord, so I can be a blessing to other people. So the Lord bless you. And the next part of the prayer is, and the Lord keep you. Man, this is like the best blessing ever. God wants your safety he wants to protect you. He wants your longevity. Did you know that God wants you to be whole? That the abuse and the brokenness and just like the damaged goods of this world, that is not his intent for you. That's not his desire for you. 
What a great place to be, to be kept by God. Oh, that's right where I want to be, just under your wings, like a little chick under the hen's wings, God. Let me be there. Bless me, God. Keep me. And then the the passage goes on and says, and make his face shine upon you. That's like the best blessing ever. Look at Exodus 34. We learn a little bit about what it's like to have God's face shine upon you. This actually happened in a literal way to Moses. Exodus 34, 29. It says, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. And when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses' face, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. And when Moses finished speaking on them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he had come out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak the Lord. Now, Paul actually gives us a little bit of insight in this. If you jump over real quick to 2 Corinthians, we find out what's going on here, a little more information in verse 12. And Paul tells us, therefore, since we have such a hope in Jesus, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. So, and when Christ comes, that we still don't understand and they still don't see him. And it has not been removed because only when you see Christ can it be taken away? And even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their heart. But when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who are unveiled faces, and I love this, check it out, unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. We reflect the Lord's glory. And we're being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. What a blessing, what a great blessing to see the Lord, to have his face shine upon you so that you can reflect his glory. What a blessing to be transformed into his likeness. And it's not meant to fade. So you're not to come here on Sunday and like, oh, I'm so jazzed, I'm ready for Jesus, and I'm closer to Jesus, and then just kind of fade away until next Sunday where you get another injection. No, it's actually, we come closer to Jesus, and then on Monday we come closer to Jesus, and then Tuesday we press in to Jesus, and Wednesday we reflect more of his glory. And I'll tell you what, I want his face to shine on me because I want to be more and more like Jesus. I mean, what happens when Jesus walks into the room? Anybody want to see Jesus face to face? You know, and he comes in. What what do you see? You see grace. You see compassion. You see power. You see truth. You know, I'd love to just talk with Jesus and hear what he has to say. Well, God says, you are the aroma of Christ. You're his representation. And so I'm asking, Lord, bless me with that. I want to be like Jesus. I I want to have my father's eyes. And when I come into the room that I bring grace and I bring life, I bring truth that I represent Jesus wherever we go. But here's the problem. We want the cha-ching, but we don't want the change. And what I mean by that is we want the blessing, but we don't want the transformation. Give me stuff, Lord, I want more. Give it, give it, give it. But think about it. 
Which blessing is better? I mean, if you're like the most gifted person, let's just say that you're just anointed and you have just all these, you move in these gifts of the Holy Spirit, but you don't have the character and integrity to shepherd it. I mean, we've seen that, haven't we? We've seen gifted people who don't have the integrity and the character to use it. What a disaster that is. And what good is the gift of wealth and abundance and riches if you're so spiritually immature that it becomes an idol? It's not a blessing, it's a curse. That's where your heart is, it's a snare. So what a blessing true repentance is. Lord, bless me with it. What a blessing growth is. What a, what a blessing transformation and change is. Lord, bless me with it. Then the next line is, be gracious to you. May he be gracious to you, which is the best blessing ever. Grace, unmerited favor, that his hand is on your life even though you don't deserve it. Grace, forgiveness that you haven't earned. That I come broken, full of sin, and God says, I forgive you. The cross is enough. Oh my goodness. What an amazing blessing. Grace that opens doors for you that you can't open on your own. Grace that, that gives you influence that you really don't deserve to have and that you haven't earned. Grace that gives you anointing that you can't possess on your own. I think of these moments of just great grace on my life. And I've, th I've thought, Lord, what am I doing here? How did I get here? And it's nothing but his grace. I think of one um, when I first started in this role, towards the very beginning, a good friend of our family um, actually died in a mining accident. And so Calvin and I went up there, and um, so he's in uh, the rescue barn. And so we, we, we go into this rescue barn, and, and his wife is with us. And, um, I'm, and she, of course, is just undone, and I'm undone. And we're just looking around, I'm like, what on earth do I do here? And I honestly, seriously, I thought, like, where is the pastor right now? And I was just like, somebody do something, somebody say something. And finally, thankfully, the coroner came over, and she just kind of whispered, she said, um, Reverend, uh, would you like to say a prayer? And I'm like, oh, man, I'm supposed to be doing this, Right. And so like I, I started like praying and just I started ministering. And you know what, it was still hard. But you know what, I counted like, whoa, what an amazing, I'm not happy to be there, but what a privilege that I get to be in the room at that time. You know, if you're ever, if you find yourself in a room when someone else's world is falling apart, count it grace. Count it privilege. I mean, I don't like to be in those rooms, but what a privilege that God would bring me right now that, that I get to be a person who brings some sort of comfort or help or I just get to be there and be quiet with him. What grace that God gives us these opportunities. What grace that we get to minister words and power and healing and care that we can't give to our own. What, what, a, what an incredible privilege. Grace is a beautiful blessing. Then the next line is, and may he turn his face toward you which has got to be the best blessing ever. The Hebrew really for that is smile on you. His pleasure. Do you know that God looks at you and smiles? So many of us don't get that. That he's pleased with you. He looks at you like, oh, that's my son. Oh, that's my daughter. You know, I think about my daughters. And, you know, I think about moments like when, uh, when Maddie, when she was, uh, she got her little pen for becoming a nurse, Right? 
or Mo when she finished the Colorado Trail, you know, she hiked all 486 miles by herself, or Joy when she was just up here preaching uh, by herself a little bit ago, or Naya, she was actually, I just heard from her neighbor the other day. The neighbor said, you know, I love when Naya comes over because uh, she's such a good influence on my kids. And I was like, Naya? And she's like, yeah, Naya. And I'm like, that's my girl. All four of them, that's my girl. I'm so proud of them. That's how God looks at you. That's my boy. That's my girl. And he just wants more. More moments for you. Yeah, that's my daughter. That's my son just doing my work. Being who I created him to be. Oh, I'm so proud of him. For God to smile on me. Oh, that's got to be one of the best blessings ever. And then it says, and give you peace, which has to be the best blessing ever. Have you ever had peace in the middle of a storm? You ever had everything falling apart, but you're okay? How about this? Did anyone here feel peace during COVID? You know what? You're the minority. Most people didn't. What a gift. What a gift that you were at peace in the middle of it. Right now, as you look at the world and things that are going around, are any of you at peace in the midst of this? What a blessing. You're in the minority. Most people don't have it. What a gift God's peace is right now. Oh, Lord, bless me with peace. My neighbor came up to me a couple weeks ago. He said, oh, I just wish things would just quit changing, right? And I didn't tell him, but inside I was like, actually, I'm kind of excited. Actually, I'm kind of hopeful for what God is gonna do right now. Actually, I can't wait to see how God moves and what God's gonna do with this next generation. And actually, I think this is an exciting time to live. I just knew it wouldn't compute. But see, in Jesus, we have the ability to say, I'm at peace. And I don't like all the circumstances, but I know it's gonna be okay. I know you're gonna be okay. I know he's watching over you. And to always have that peace, to always have hope, I mean, what is that worth? How much would you pay for that? to walk in that all the time. I was uh, climbing uh, with some friends uh, yesterday and uh, one thing that I told them, I said, uh, today is not my time to go. But if it is, then I'm the lucky one in the group. That's the peace we have. No matter what happens, death is better. What are they gonna take from us? What do we have to worry about? What a blessing. God, bless me with your peace. And after all that, looking at all that blessing that's just right there in that little prayer, to think that some of us think that blessing is more money. That's like going to Universal Studios or like, like going to Six Flags and you bring your kids in and they're all excited like, Dad, I got a receipt. Look at this, I got a receipt. And you're like, yeah, that's nice, but just wait. There's a little more than just a receipt when you come into Disneyland, Right? Money is a blessing like a receipt is coming into an amusement park. I mean, peace is the roller coaster. His presence, his face, that's Space Mountain. And God wants to pour it out on us. I was hiking in um, Canyonlands a number of years ago. We took a backpacking trip through there. And so if you're gonna hike through the desert, one of the things that you really have to think about is water and how much you're gonna carry on your back and it's heavy and you gotta think about water sources. And you know, we went to the, uh, the ranger before we started this multi-day backpacking trip. and said, okay, now, you know, can you help us? Is there water here and water here? And, and the ranger was like, ah, maybe. There might be water there, we don't know. 
And so, you know, we had, uh, we were running low on water and we came up to a puddle. It kind of looked like this one. It was about half that size. And it was just like all muddy. And you know what? We were like, yes, whoo, water. We pumped that water out and we're so excited to have just even just that muddy puddle because it was just some water. And see, that's a lot of how many of us are coming to the blessings of God. Lord, can I please, can I just have a, a muddy, ugly, little tiny puddle so I can barely survive? I would just be so pleased if you would do that. God, please, can I have that? And you know what God says? No. No, you can't have the muddy puddle because I want to give you this. This is what I want to give you right now. You're looking for a puddle, but I got Niagara Falls that I want to pour on you. 150,000 gallons of water coming down every second. 20% of the world's fresh water comes from those great, or is in those great lakes behind it, and it's just flowing for thousands of years, and it's never stopping, and that's what God's blessing is. More than you can handle, more than you can imagine, and it comes, and it comes, and it comes, and as his son, he just wants to pour it out on you. And we're like, oh, if I could only have a puddle. It's like, I got a river for you. And then it ends by saying, so they will put my name on the Israelites. Put my name on the Israelites. That's got to be the best blessing ever. I want his name on me. I'm his. I belong to him. And all the benefits that come with being part of his family, for being his heir, the inheritance that we have from having his name on us his protection, his blessing, his love. So we're gonna end right now singing a song and guess which song we might sing? We're gonna sing the blessing. And what we're gonna do is actually we're gonna sing this song over you. And I'm gonna stay up here and I'm gonna sing this song over you. They're gonna make me turn my mic off. They don't let me sing songs on the mic. But I'm still gonna sing it. And I'll get some of the words wrong too, I usually do. But we're gonna sing this blessing over to you. And what I want you to do is if you just stand with me right now, and I want you to get ready to receive blessing. So if you want to put your hands out in front of you, you can. That's just one way to say, here I am, God, I'm ready. Whatever you want to pour out on me. But as we sing those words, I want you to think about the blessing that God wants to give you. The things that he wants to pour out on you. And we're actually going to just, we're going to speak this and we believe there's, there's power in those words. There's power in this blessing. And right now your job is just to receive. Your job is just to receive these blessings that God wants to pour out on you as we sing this over you. Okay, so just get your heart ready to receive blessing right now. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in him. God bless you.